Hello and welcome to another episode of the Selfish Podcast. Today's guest is Austin, who I know very little about, so I'm excited to hear his story, his life and his journey and get to know him more personally. So welcome, Austin. Can you just share with myself and the audience, uh, whereabouts in the world are you and what time of day is it for you? Hello, Luke. Uh, Thanks for inviting me to your podcast. Currently, it is 12.11 p.m. in sunny, which is a strange occurrence, Dorking in Surrey, the United Kingdom. So an hour on the train, 55 minutes from Waterloo, southwestward, a little bit west, but mostly south. Yeah. yeah, nice. And most of the audience already know that I'm in the south of Spain, but I'm actually from, it's only, I think it's maybe even 20 minutes from Dorking to Gatwick, where my hometown was. It's like really yeah. close. So you're yeah. the closest guest I've ever had to my hometown. <laughs> I'm honored. I'm honored. Yeah. yeah. And we actually, I met you through one of the past guests, uh, Wilson Melancholy. So if anyone hasn't heard his, go check it out. But yeah, I met you through there. Um, so that's how we got you on it. And I'm interested just where you are in your life. Um, what, what's going on and what you do and everything that's up to this point. But first, I'd love to hear about your childhood. Did you grow up in England? Like, can you paint me a picture of what life was like pre-10 years old? Um, yes, yes. I didn't grow up in Dorking. And my accent uh, probably shows that. I, I, I would be sounding quite different. If, but I grew up in a city called Buenos Aires in Argentina, Argentina, right? And well, the childhood was different to an average, if we can think of something uh, of an average, uh, because I came into this world and one of the creators wasn't there. By that, I mean my father. He had left. He knew what was coming, so he left before yeah. I was born. So my mother had me on her own. She had her parents, of course, but they died um, a couple of years after. So she was quite alone. She had a, a brother. And, uh, well, during the first 10 years, you know, the first memory is me um, sort of throwing away my pacifier when I was two. <laughs> it was a TV show at the time that they would sort of have this sort of pacifier o meter, let's say, a big, huge cube in the middle of the studio. And they would encourage little boys and girls to send their pacifiers. Interesting. Oh, wouldn't mine be there in that sort of gigantic pile of pacifiers? So I remember I was two and I, and I, and I dropped it. Please send it to this show. That's the first memory I have. And, um, well, yeah, sort of average Catholic upbringing, the right amount of guilt and, and, and weight of the original sin on me, um, going to church, uh, confessing, trying to come up with things uh, worthy of, of confession, uh, seeing once every blue moon, I would say, and blue moons don't happen often, right? As the same mm-hmm. goes. So, but yeah, uh, when I was nine, my mother had uh, kind of not remarried because they uh, legal in Argentina still. So she had to wait, but she, she was, she had a partner who lived with us. So I had a, a, a kind of a secondhand father figure as well and they and my mother was help and trying to have another family uh, a true family right yeah and and that's what happened uh, the detail here is because um my mother the first time she married a man my father he was gay she didn't know then but kind of she was used to to have a, a kid so he could show probably that that he wasn't gay uh, to the society of the time right because mm. back then if you had a kid or two or four, you were not gay, surely, right? <laughs> you were you were showing, hey, I did my job. I had sex at least once with a woman, so I, I can do whatever I want on the side, and society will not judge me. And and well, then my mother went on to to have uh, two more kids. I consider them my full siblings. I don't like the, mm-hmm. the concept of half anything, right? Yes, yeah. they are my siblings. Uh, 
nine, nine and 12 years younger than me. And uh, nothing kind of in those first 10 years, nothing, nothing dramatic besides uh, uh, trying to cope with, with the fact that I wasn't wanted by one half of the, of the, of the God pair creators, yeah. right? And that leaves a mark in a child. I mean, whether you like it or not, that's a, that's a thing. Uh, I have friends who are adopted and I see that as well. It's, it's a challenge in yeah, itself. What was your school life like? And was you from like a rural town or a city? No, suburbs. Like imagine, I mean, you are from the UK. Imagine like not as fancy as Wimbledon, but like that kind of suburbs, right? Not far from the from the city, but uh, just playing lots of football outside, growing up, and just going to this Catholic school with... Um, like subjects in the morning in, in Spanish and then full English in the afternoon. So like middle-aged, my mother worked all day. She was a lawyer. So middle-aged, uh, middle-class uh, Catholic upbringing, let's say. Okay. Um, yeah, no, it sounds like I said, you said like sort of average, but not average. Sounds quite fascinating to me. Well, what would you say, if you remember, was your sort of first like ambition or desire or dream, something you like wanted to do, be or become? Do you remember your first one? Back then, probably the, the first memory I have is of becoming like a physicist or something around mathematics, you know? Mm. But in retrospective, I think that I, I was curious about things, right? But I would add with the air quotes, maturity I have now that, there might have been like an important factor or that I thought that was worthy of praise or something along those lines. But I, I was interested. I mean, I, I was reading books about uh, physics, you know, and all that jazz, even for kids, right? I was yeah. Stephen Hawking uh, style, but just uh, science for kids, let's say, more than that math. For which I was quick and good. I mean, I, I had that knack for for physics and, and and maths. But yeah, that's the first memory I would say. Oh nice. And on this one, what comes to mind first? Not necessarily uh, what was first in order, but what comes to mind first when I say what's your what's an early struggle in your life? Well, the first struggle is like I I can verbalize it now right but probably okay i have a mother but it was where's the father right not that she hid from me the truth right she she yeah. never she never sugarcoated anything but yeah i think that the main struggle for a kid is to understand that it's not his fault mm -hmm. that someone is not there right it's not that your fault or you 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 behaved badly it's just someone else's problem that happens to affect you big time. So I would say the main struggle was that. Uh, and I'm someone who was very absent. And I'll paint a picture quickly in, in a few words. The first yeah. memory I have of my father is like a, a huge box of Playmobil, the castle. I wake up, I think, <clears throat> back then my mother had someone in Argentina, right? This is not common in the UK. If you say you have a, like a maid, you're rich mm. here in Argentina and, and again, air quotes, third world countries. If you're like middle class and, and just veering towards like the upper, not necessarily very much upper, having a maid is not a huge, was not then a huge luxury. I mean, you could have someone helping, especially if you are a full-time working mother, professional one at that. Uh, so I wake up, and I don't know if it was around my birthday, but I wake up and I see this huge Playmobil castle on the floor as a gift. And the maid tells me, no, yeah, someone who said was your father left this for you. So that's the first memory I have. And I think it, I was turning four then. But the struggle basically is what I told you before and being told, okay, I'm going to pick you up on Saturday midday to have lunch. And out of 10 times, that would happen just once, right? Mm -hmm. Just being let and just uh, for a kid, I think that's that's the biggest struggle I had. 
Yeah. Um, did you find in them times, especially say the times when you was feeling it the most, did you ever find any activity or process or something that actually helped you in that time or brung you a sense of balance? Um, <clears throat> probably. Well, we had a we had a dog. Our first dog was a Sherman Shepherd called Polly, not polyamorous. I mean, Polly because uh, in in back then and in Argentina, like German shepherds were called like police dogs, right? Mm. And Polly is like uh, the short for police, and well, that's that's why she was named Polly. And and she was great. She was amazing company. And I would play. I would play with friends. I would play alone with my with my toys, uh, kick kick a football, of course, because that's what an Argentine kid would do. And I, I was very close with cousins. Uh, my 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 mother's brother had three has three kids cousins, and I was quite close to the younger to the youngest of them. He was my age, so uh, again, that was like. Uh, what brought me a kind of sense of family in a way, therefore some kind of consolation, if you will, or yeah. acceptance, right? Like a group of of people who are family. Yeah, and like what you're saying with the when you're when you're young, it often 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 happens with people that have been through divorce, where like you said, the child thinks that in some way they could have either prevented it or they caused it. Um, yeah. So having that other family stability of acceptance will be crucial, you know, yeah. to, to give you that. Do, have you found now that you're older and you've been through uh, more experiences in life, have you found some form of value that that unique experience has given you in your life to have that upbringing without a father being there from the beginning? And has it given you a well, perspective? Yeah, getting to know him afterwards. Uh, one 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 thought could be well thank God he wasn't around because he <laughs> he's very difficult to be with so it's like yeah. I'm glad I'm glad he wasn't a role model in that <laughs> regard the this uh, many thoughts like well he one of the things that gave me was kind of a sense of empathy and understanding of others' needs as well so he being a narcissist naturally in in the back of my mind the thoughts started to form back then even like i don't want to be like him right so mm -hmm. you tend to go to the opposite end of that spectrum which is okay hyper narcissist what the, what's the opposite well someone who perhaps gives of himself too much right he, he, he you end up giving away too much of your own process of giving right mm. it, it, that equation like um, the fact that, oh, I'm not worthy, so I have to work extra hard to earn anyone's attention or affection or love, whatever you, you want to call that. So, but yeah, after when, when you grow up, you, you get into more introspection. Well, it wouldn't change a thing because uh, it made me into who I am and gave me some good challenges. Of course, th those terms are relative right because if you i i learned not to compare your history with anyone else's because uh, your suffering is absolute in your right you cannot compare suffering because okay this is my suffering i know people have been abandoned on the street and and they grew up with dogs and whatnot right but that's not my life this is my life right and within the sort of the the threshold of experiences I've had, this feels quite bad. And say, okay, that was in my history. That's bad, right? That's that feels rough. But yeah. then you you grow you you just become a responsible human being in a way, and you say, okay, what can I do with what happened to me? What what? How can I blend these elements or ingredients to cook the best uh, meal possible so I can eat it? and nurture myself right and that's the challenge i think we have to step up to as, as adults uh, just to okay what happened and just process recycle digest throw away what what isn't useful and then yeah grow
right? Yeah, no, hundred percent, and that's like a path that I went through in my life. I don't because I don't think you've seen any of my content and stuff, but I share a lot of my life and childhood growing up, and I had a odd beginning start. My mum had severe schizophrenia. And my dad was about, but he ended up becoming a weekend parent, and my mum during the week was like the worst end of schizophrenia, schizophrenia uh, possible. Um, and I've been to, I don't know how many, I don't even know what the correct term is anymore because they keep changing things, but psychiatric ward, mental asylum, whatever it is, I've been to so many of them in my life and she could spend years in them. Um, but she was really extreme. So that sent me from a young age, like to really question things. Like I made comparisons trying to understand other people's parents and mothers and look at life in a really different way. But for years, it caused me so much suffering so much pain yeah, I um, imagine. and I'd spend so like I had suicidal issues from the age of seven and all this depression and thoughts where life was just too painful and it wasn't until like oh not even that long ago like in terms of life scale like five six seven years ago where I started to go through a process where I realized like I can't waste any more time or, and waste my imagination what's so important on would have or could have or should have so i was like that it, this is what it is what can i take from it what's the opportunity given in this scenario what's what's the value here what's the worth here and after a little bit of time and practice that shifted and i see my mom as my greatest gift i ever had she's passed now she passed quite recently and she i was blessed to have had her as a mother for all the bizarre and beautiful experiences i got that used to be my trauma and chaos you know, it gave, gave me something. And like you said, if that's equal to someone that might have just, their biggest trauma might be they just banged their heads once and that's the biggest thing that's ever happened in their life. Mm-hmm. That's equal to them, to their experience and their pain and suffering. So I love that you put that in yours, like for people not to compare to others suffering. Yours can be really bad even if it's small or it can be really bad even if it's something big. Like that judgment and that levels can really distract you from that process of actually finding your usefulness in life yeah and also comparison destroys the present i mean it mm. it just trumps everything uh, you 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 travel far away to sort of imagine ima- you, you imagine distant lands but comparing is almost always wrong because it just pulls you away from what's happening now and just yes. what happened to you which is the thing that had to happen to you and there's no point in 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 even going down like the what ifs right now yeah. well, that that's what happened yeah it's changing that like what if and so like what can what can i take from this what can i gain if i'm going to time travel back into my life i might as well make that of use if i'm going to waste imagination i won't waste it and make it useful and you get a choice and use the imagination to rewire a story to an event and look for opportunity yeah so how you can use that in the present Uh, and, and also, think, sorry. Yeah, carry. I, I, and also, like you say, how can I use this? Right? How can I make it a, um, a point of support or or a trigger thought or or whatever to to move forward? You're you're essentially time traveling to the back. You are changing the past by improving your present, right? Yeah. Because if you are bound to that past and you, you, you're not moving forward or at least trying, then even if you, if you had that sort of fictional time travel machine, well, you're not changing the essence of who you are. I mean, you end up in the same miseries as the past because you're not doing your own job. So if you, anyone who's listening, right, you're changing the past by improving your present self. Yeah, no, definitely. And what, what it also drove me to when I like in my process that I didn't realize was happening is instead of living in the past, I tried to sort of block that out and no longer feel or look at that suffering. Um, and I just fueled myself with the ambitions. But then I realized I was living in the future and I didn't realize like I accepted suffering in the moment because I was like, one day everything will be fixed. Mm. You know, chasing that future, like such a long vision of this future. And I had to break that, that pattern to make myself more present, have ambition, but bring myself into the actual moment that I'm alive in, Yeah, that, that you can feel good then, no matter what. 
nothing else exists. I mean, no. I know this has been said and, and written about, but there's nothing else than what whatever's happening now and where your attention is, right? Mm -hmm. The attention is a, is like a squirrel that it's hard to control, but if you if you exercise it, it will be your friend. Yeah, and like I said, the power of your intention, then it will be distracted by your attention. So if your attention, there's things everywhere in the in the external are going to pull your attention um, and take away from your intention. But the intentions are at the core for me. I think that's what we are. That's our main, that's our number one tool. Yeah. Yeah, so one, now you're later in your life and what are you doing with your life? So what do you do now? Like, do you work? Do you perform any service like what's your what's your favorite thing to do and what do you do well it could be the end of my life i mean i could die in the next five minutes right that's well, well, wait, wait till the end of the show please oh, a half <laughs> no. episode it could be a great episode if, if your, <laughs> your guest died like in <laughs> no but i, I won't force that I, I promise well what do i do i like your question because you're not asking like what you what what, what am i right because people identify themselves with what they do. Well, I, I'm not what I do. I'm not, uh, I'm not a writer or a translator. I do things like I translate, I edit, I, I, I write copy, I write books, I write scripts. I make uh, comedy on a couple of YouTube channels. I have, it's one of my alter egos, of course, the books as well are written by my second, my first alter ego, actually. And I am, I am, <clears throat> I am kind of exploring the new avenues of, of freelancing, of being absolutely trusting of what's happening now and, and the, and the jobs I'm finding or finding me, because sometimes that's what happens. Yet you have to be there, right? You have to be willing and, and just searching for things to find you as well. Open to the possibility, right? So technically, that's what I do on a material sense, right? Or professional, if you will. Translation, uh, writing, editing, all with words. And the comedy, of course, which is, I, I'm sure, like, because you have a green heart, which that in itself is, is a beautiful, it's a beautiful name uh i my my service i, I I'm, I'm not a man of service like uh, mother theresa right if you if you can think of her as a woman of service or any other champion of of, of causes but i do love to make people laugh i think of the soul a sexual one of course because Okay, you can make a girl laugh and that bring you closer to bed. But my goal is I love to make people laugh and think. So, so okay. that, could be, that could be a mission statement. It's a laugh and think. And yeah, and it's interesting because with comedy, it's like, it was comedy that they say like the gestures of the old sort of kings and queens style were the ones that could bring the truths to the table that, you know, no one else could say. Yeah, and if, without if the, getting killed, right? Yeah, and if the king can't take it, he's in the wrong, you know. So if they can't handle the joke, <laughs> then they're not yeah. good, they're not good structure. And like comedy is a very powerful tool when used correctly. So where can I? Because I'm curious now to check. I love comedy, and where where can I check your YouTube channel? Well, I'll tell you now, but it's easier. I'll send you links as well. But um, there's there's a story to that, right? I I. I mean, there's a lot to my life. I'm not going, let's not go like Joe Rogan, three hours, full blast. But it's like, I, I, had, I had a dream, right? It didn't work out. It had to do with music, opera, singing, many reasons that didn't happen. So I had to readapt and work with what life was throwing at me. So the written word became like the main the main avenue for expressing myself. I had an alter ego that was within me since probably I was eight or 10 years old, right? 
someone, uh, uh, a friend of my cousin told me, he was quite older than me, but I, it was summer. I, I get quite dark when, when the sun hits me. And he said, you are, and he literally said, Abu Qasim, the greedy perfumer. And I remembered since because that was so weird that some, like a posh kid from, from a fancy family would tell me something like that and, and just bringing up like this Arabic name. And so I, 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 I just, that stuck with me. That is the main, that's the master, right? That's, that's the owner of the, of the workshop of the, of the, where the alchemy happens. Then through, the, through some writing, a secondary character appeared, which is the host of the of the of the YouTube channel. His name is uh, Radamesta Silva, which is kind of a weird name, and he's from Uruguay, right? Just our neighbors from Argent Argentina, Uruguay. It's like a stone's throw from from where I live. See, I know I know the name of it, but I can tell you nothing about it. <laughs> it's it's a beautiful little country, like in. In the, in the shores of, of the Rio de la Plata and the Atlantic Ocean. But this guy came to life and I started this YouTube channel. The warning is his, his humor is edgy. He doesn't care about any kind of political correctness. And there's a warning whenever you go to the, to the, to the channel, both in Spanish and English, they are separate, of course. But it's like, if you're not willing to laugh at your own beliefs and just ideology, etc. This is not the place for you. And if you want to stay, you you will be pissed off, right? Because <laughs> my goal there was to exercise freedom, right? Absolute freedom. Which mean which doesn't mean like I'm gonna shove my thoughts through your throat, down your throat, right? But if you stay, you're accepting the risk of just being shocked. That's my I think that's a good compromise. Yep. So he's called the Perfumer's Apprentice, and RDS, Padamela Silva, the Perfumer's Apprentice. And of course, I, I don't get a lot of hits and views. Some, some, some do, but uh, there's a lot of profanity and doesn't help with the YouTube algorithm naturally. Yeah. But uh, it's just, it's, it was kind of a therapeutic process, right? I, I, I made a pact with myself. It's like, okay, I have an idea, let's make it happen. If, no matter how silly, don't judge it, make it happen. So I get, there's a trigger thought for a video, I go, I shoot it, and I upload it. Yeah, no, I, think it, I think it's very important to have that, uh, that like ex to express yourself, you know, and to let them things out. Yeah, so what I'm curious about with your YouTube channel, and I think it's great that you're expressing yourself, and I think that freedom to... Just say not like say what you want when you know you're not coming from a place to deliberately harm or aggravate or stress someone out. You're actually just trying to say like it's a, like you said it's about freedom, a sense of freedom for yourself to communicate. Um, I want to know like when did you think to start this process, and when did you actually go right? I'm putting my first video out. Hmm. Well, before I answer your question, you know, living being alive means you're gonna hurt someone. Are you going to kill? Even when we breathe, we kill germs. We, I mean, we cannot not be alive and create air quote, air quotes. Going to happen. That's going to happen. So there's no in my from my point of view. There's no point in trying not to offend someone because of what you say or think. Correct? Because mostly, I'm not trying to impose my 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 thoughts on anyone, on anyone. Um, also, and let's add to this uh, statement that we live in a, in a society and in times that people are overly sensitive. It's overly sensitive. I read the other day that calling someone bald is sexual harassment, right? <laughs> which for me is funny. I, I just, I can only laugh at that because yeah. not only I'm getting bald, but if you call me bald, you, you're just stating something that's true, right? So, uh, and I'm not thinking you want to have sex with me because you're calling me bald, or I'm not feeling sexually aggravated because of that. But okay, that can lead to a different conversation. But back to your question. Sorry, Luke. Yeah. I think 
the first video was in 20, I'll have to check, but 2019 or so. And, and like I said before, it's therapeutic and it creates that space where real creativity can happen, even if you don't like it funny. Um, creativity needs freedom, right? Uh, otherwise, you're too worried about, oh, what if I say this? You're go always going to offend someone. Right. So the, the main the main the main blast for me was, you know, we come from a from a society and I was like I said before, I was raised in the Catholic religion where kids are not circumcised, right? Mm. And of course other religions they circumcise the kids and 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 I was I always thought that was very strange, especially the states, the United States, that makes like this practice compuls almost compulsory, even if it's not for religion. Yeah, correct. And then I said, "There's something there," and and uh, and I and I and I went down a rabbit hole. I read, I, I investigated. I so I know I'm going beyond your question. I'm sorry, Luke, but no, that's fine. Um, yeah, I think it it started. In 2019, and and that's when I I was already writing. I was already working on on what became the first book or the archive as well, because I have a lot of stuff I need to edit. But I said, okay, this this brings me joy. The main the thing is this thinking about this brings me joy. So I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna try a hat, a fake beard. Let's see, because that helps you get more relaxed, less exposed, and you create this uh, persona, right, that, that can say things that you might not feel as comfortable saying. And yeah, and joy it brought, definitely. Uh, now more than 100 videos after, I will keep going just for the sake of it, right? right. Of so this is like have... you said, an or ego, and you, you, you've got even you get into full character say when you're doing the performance so is this something you only share uh to say your digital family or is this something you actually share to your friends and family in real life do you tell them do they do they know about this side of you and what you share online or yeah yeah they, do you cater they, it to specific ones that you know are going to take it on board well they they know it's not that if you know me it's it's easy to understand. Oh, this is the same guy, right? It's not like I'm doing like a full-blown uh, character with a different voice or tweaking my voice digitally. No, no, it's me with a cheap fake beard and a hat, right? I, I just put it out there. Uh, I wish, I wish people understood. I can, I can share this with you. Uh, I wish people understood the value it would have if just they would take two or three minutes of their life to just check it. I mean, friends of mine, right, or family. And they don't. They, they, they don't have the, that creator mindset. They don't understand what we put into things we create. And it would just take literally two or three minutes to watch something, press like. No, don't tell me anything about it. Don't, don't praise me. But just let me know that you watch what I put out there. Because I do that with, with my friends who are creators, right? It's the least you can do, I think, as a friend or as a brother or sister to support the creators. And I'm not talking about money. I'm just talking. You can leave the video playing in the background. If you, if you, if you are so busy, you can listen to the folly. Yeah, you got Wi-Fi and you got full internet and everything. And it's like you're already on your computer. Just put it on mute and play it in the background. Exactly. Help, help build up the algorithm. Hit the like button, comment. And yeah, now I've been through that exact experience and I, I no longer hold any expectations to my friends and family. Like, yeah, I've been doing it for a few <laughs> years now. And, you know, they, they just don't tune in. What, what gets my curiosity is, like you said, I don't want the admiration. I don't want you to turn around and say, well done, great job. Um, listen, I'd, oh, I don't mind if I get criticism or not criticism. I'm just curious. Like if I knew someone that was doing something, I'm curious to know what they're doing at least, why they're doing it. Absolutely. Like a friend that's an acquaintance I meet and they're going, oh, I've just like started a YouTube channel. I'll be like, oh, what's the name? Oh, well, let's check it out. Oh, I've started a podcast. I'm like, oh, what's it about? I would ask a question. But what I've noticed is people won't even ask you a question about it. <laughs> yeah. 
there's just no like it's uh yeah it's just a very interesting process it is as if you you had become that character and they had no connection with with it yeah yeah but that's that's what happens with people who are not creators <laughs> yeah And what's like you said you you're an author as well and you've got I think you said it sounded like multiple books what are the books and you said it's another alter ego so what what place is this the books coming from is it in the same concept of freedom say and communication or is it totally different is it humorous what's your, what's your genre and sort of well <laughs> the 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 key question is the the genre uh, I have to make it up because It is like a kind of mystical humor or you know, with some delirious hyper-realism. But the, the common thread is humor, of course, and, and both types stem from the same human being, which is this chap. But yeah, let's say like the writing process. So, so you could find uh, four books, two in each language. Uh, opus magnum one and two and if i'm alive in the next years there will be three four five six right hmm. but that is more it's a convoluted style of writing and there is humor of course that's the thing that is omnipresent but in a in a, in a the style and the delivery is very much a way of tickling the brain and and making things making silly things sound very important and deep. So in a way, it's like a big, I don't know if, if I can curse, but it's a big uh, middle finger to like the, the whole worshipping of the intellect yeah. and, the, and the sort of er erudites from Oxford and, and all those circles. So basically, I, I just... Yeah, play around that with very silly things, but present them in a way that you're not sure if I'm being serious or not. Of course, I'm not. But I drop, nonetheless, I drop there some uh, wisdom, if you will, or serious stuff that's surrounded by a lot of silly things. Okay. But if you're, if, if you're searching, you will see, oh, there's something there, right? I mean, he's talking about Pinocchio or the Smurfs or something silly, but there's something deeper going on. So if, if you're interested in that, you, you'll pick it up. Okay, and if someone's interested or if I want to go check out, where's the best place to, to find it? Again, I'll send you okay. the link, but the best place is my website or uh, the, the Greedy Perfumers website, which is abukasem.com, A- B uh, from Brian U K A S E M dot com. So that's a little hub where you can find all the and just uh, basically some writing, some reflections. I you know because I started out as as this Opus Magnum series, right? Opus Magnum one, two, and there were short reflections and long, long short tales in between. So you would read a short tale, a reflection, short. And then I decided I'm going to split things. So I'm going to publish the aphorisms, right, in, in, in a series of books, and then the short stories in, in, a, in a separate way. So now the Opus Magnum 3 is going to be just the short stories, a.k.a. funny, delirious, mystical ones. And then the aphorisms are being released like next week or so as a separate series. Okay. What, what came first, your, your YouTube channel or your book? No, the book, The Greedy Perfumer is the main, is the main chap in that sort of uh, partnership. And The Apprentice came to life through a short story that's in the first book. I wrote about him and then I said, okay, let's, bring him bring out of the life. page and into and into youtube and the interweb space does no, it make any sense <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah no it's nice it's um 
it's funny there's a like you said the the power of having a i've noticed on youtube like even on people's profiles it's the only sort of social media where people have um these they don't put their real name they have a different picture that's not them in the profile and they sort of have these different like you say all egos like whether they're a keyboard warrior or they're just uh there to support people like they all got a different identity and i've only i've seen that seems to be the most common on youtube of all the platforms i've been on where but i think there's a power in that um like a freedom within that to break off the shackles that you've conformed on yourself um through Ex the identity well, of yourself well put you i couldn't have said it better exactly exactly and but it, in this case it happened organically and of course the instagram is as well managed by the the apprentice and well yeah we're getting we're getting guidance from uh, a mutual friend if you will uh, wilson so he's and as you have suffered him as well he's pushing us into new directions and mm -hmm. just helping us get out there more openly and and with less shame <laughs> yeah, and just fl like to flow in with it as he's called the flow coach and getting yourself into that state of optimum uh, production do you turn up as different characters i'm interested in your private one-to-one -one meetings or do you just turn up as your as your original self no unless i'm requested or one of them is requested no i let's go with the with the bedrock <laughs> with the with the original god let's say yeah. because it's easy to step in and out of the others or well actually it's a good question the greedy perfumer abu Qasim, he 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 will never be known i mean he he only communicates through his writing he that's why the apprentice is a good uh, salesman he he's he has no shame and he's willing to kick doors to to just talk about his and his uh, master's work right so that's how i would i i've been shaping him oh, nice. as, as the guy who knocks on your door and annoys the hell out of you trying to sell something you don't want yeah yeah like i remember when i was younger there were people that knock and it was for some reason it was always hoovers and for americans are vacuum cleaners and they knock on your door and <laughs> throw a load of powder over the floor i remember it as a kid because i thought it was quite interesting when you're a kid but someone comes in your house throws a load of what looks like flour white powder all over your floor and then hoovers it up and your parents watch and they never buy it and, and it's like it was a really bizarre experience so like that it's just one of them so that, <laughs> that happened to you in gadwick yeah <laughs> Would they clean it up afterwards? Yeah, the Hoover would have done a good job from my memory. Like you see this, because you're a kid and you're like, you're not allowed to make a mess. And then someone's just come around your house and your parents are talking to him. And you're what, like, I just remember watching him like I was very young. Um, and I must have been very young because I'm thinking about this now. And I remember which house it was in. And this is before my mum and dad split. So I must have been five or under. Um, and I just remember this white powder being thrown on the floor in a pile. And then this Hoover perfectly picking it up and making it look super clean. And it always and probably, <laughs> and probably you're thinking, I hope they get this so I can make, yeah, make a huge more mess. mess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I remember that. And so you've been doing that process. Did you find, cause I'm interested now with like, cause you started that in 2019 and what's been going on for the last two years for everyone. Um, when did that start? So would it be 2020? So you would have already been into this process. I want to know how's life been for you internally, externally with everything going on in the world. And did you find having that, persona uh that expression ability that you built it was actually a really useful tool with everything going on it's like a safe haven or a, or a personal paradise especially well now things are normal or as or, or as much as as uh, it can be but um it was challenging because well for for a myriad of reasons but um i i despised i still do right this is a personal statement i despised the the concept of lockdown and locking people up unfortunately that happened first in italy which is where part of my family comes from and that normalized a behavior that i think should have never be part of 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 our lives for so long i was to spain italy and other countries where things were quite tougher than 
village of living five minutes from hills. So no one was going to stop me from leaving my house and just getting lost in the woods, right? Yeah. Nonetheless, for a while, it did affect me because there's this oppression in the air. You can feel it. You, you feel like, just like you can feel it's Sunday. I, I believe some days have energies, right? And, and in the same way, you could feel like the anxiety and fear in the air. Also being cut off from my family, which is mostly back in Argentina. And just that sense of oppression that how could others have so much power on my freedom of movement, right? Mm -hmm. So it was challenging in that regard. So we, we, we just use the tools that we have available. And one of those, like you well said, was... Uh, creating creating things and especially not focusing on making videos about what was happening because i want to freedom for me means okay i want to talk about whatever I, I feel like not oh let's talk about this virus the vaccines the long no no that's what everyone else is doing right and i'm tired of seeing content about that so i'm going to talk about whatever whatever i feel x-men or why aliens haven't visited us or you know all, all, all triggers for my brand of humor mm. so that that became like an island for me a good a good way of isolating from the folly that was happening all around us in a way not to minimize what happened right uh, but yeah it's yeah. a very it's a very tricky tricky precedent yeah and very much like what we said uh right at the beginning when we were saying about like instead of looking at how something could have been would have been should have been you take what you can and make an opportunity to do something that you feel is productive that you feel adds adds some some value or some worth to it um because it's clear that there's a lot of chaos going on it's clear that there's a lot of suffering and pain so adding more of that you know isn't isn't going to be constructive it doesn't validate it it doesn't make it more um it doesn't make it fixed, basically. It doesn't change things by, by adding more drama to drama. Absolutely. You, otherwise, you're feeding that uh, sort of pendulum that needs our energy to keep going. Right? Yeah. So if you focus, like you just said, if you focus on, on, on what matters, and that I kind of choose what matters to you, right? But what truly matters, and I know we agree on this, is us, right? Okay, we're, are you... Is your eye looking inward or are you always judging and, and, and thinking about what others are doing? Yeah, the choice is quite simple. Anyway. Yeah, and sometimes, like you said, it just takes a little bit of reflection. And I think for a lot, and from what I've noticed from pretty much all my guests, um, most of them have gained either the insight to actually look within or they've had the ability to notice that there is that ability in the first place. But for, yeah. for the most part, they found opportunity in it. Um, and they've been able to find from the opportunity a sense of satisfaction and balance that time wasn't wasted. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, a, great, that's a great finding, actually. I'm happy for, for those who, who did realize there's an inner world taking yeah. place. Yeah, and I think for a lot of people, they're still stuck in the external and trying to control. And like I shared with you, with my with my younger life, my main drive was to control my external world because it was so out of balance and so bizarre that that's made me extremely want the like to fix every problem I saw. And like you said, become very um, overgiving in making sure that everything else is getting some form of satisfaction other than myself. Um, to make trying to bring balance constantly external, and it wasn't until I yes sir, and it makes sense. I mean, you, 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 I could talk to that kid and say, I understand why you feel it. <laughs> yeah, and then it wasn't until I went, like it wasn't until life didn't come, all my expectations didn't get met, and everything fell apart even worse than it was when I was a child. And then it was like, okay, there's something else I've got to do here. And like I share with you, I had my last suicidal episode. I was like, it was in like 2015. I was going to jump off a bridge and I came right to the last, last, last second. 
and something within me hit me and was like, or something externally hit me, whichever way it was, I was hit. <laughs> and that, that force was like, I will find a way to find joy, to find love within, despite any external issue. It's like, I'm no longer, I've relinqu relinquished control for the external world. And I'm going to find a way within no matter what happens. And that path's what I went on. And like through that journey, everything changed. So now it's like it's all about that internal first, working on your mind, your body, and yourself. I lost you for a second, Luke. Sorry. Oh, so where did you lose? Like something stopped you, something external as well, probably from jumping, and that you realized that you could find that within yourself. Yeah. So in the last moment before I was about to jump over, like I got to the very, I was standing on the edge of, um, oh, you will know the road, the M23, yeah, the main motorway. Uh, going down to Brighton from London and it's like six lanes of busy traffic and yeah. I was standing on the bridge there and I was going to jump into all the traffic and make a big bang I thought that's a way to go out and I, I didn't plan I didn't walk there to go and do it I was walking and I, as I was crossing the bridge stuff in life was too painful at that time um, to keep it as brief my mum I just got my mum back from getting her stomach pumped from another suicide attempt and it was like at that point it was like the fifth time that year already within a few months uh, and my my girlfriend at the time who had a cardiac arrest and I'd become her full-time carrier carer as well and I was told she was going to die within a really short amount of time and I was traveling from my mum's to now my new loves and like the foreseeable future was grim at best mm. and I was like my whole life's been that way and I was like I just can't take this anymore this is too much and when that really hit me as I was walking off the across the bridge and I could just see all these cars flying past and I thought not only could this just maybe end everything um I was like I'm gonna make a real mess too you know I'm gonna make I'm gonna like this is gonna mess up a lot of people's lives and I was like why not like I was just not in a good place <laughs> And then something just hit me. It's like, no, nah, like you're going to, it's like, a, I call it like a fighting spirit. Something hit me where it was just like, you know what? You're going to not only persevere, you're going to find something beautiful and you're going to love your life and find a, a love within and a balance within. Even if your mom dies tomorrow, even if your love Danielle dies tomorrow, even if they don't and you just end up caring for them and they suffer for the next 20 years, it yeah. doesn't matter. It no longer matters. That control, you're relinquishing that control. And it's all about an internal journey you're going on now. And then that was the journey I went on. And it wasn't instant. <laughs> it had its no, 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 of course. <laughs> but yeah, like, but now the consistency's there. And it's like, it's, uh, it's a world of difference to relinquish that external control. But to be of influence, like you're a creator, you're putting out stuff to influence, not to control. Like you said, you don't want to control. You're not trying to force your opinion down someone's throat. You're trying Never. to contribute some form of influence to their life. That will bring some sort of value or something to them, whether it's a laugh, a smile, a distraction from something that might be really going on in their life. You know, so it's a valuable service to be trying to influence. Yeah, but um, I said something that got lost before when 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 I lost you for a second. Mm. Is that you 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 had like a an epiphany there, which is, and it summarizes someone a great friend told me once it's like it's really silly to go out looking for stuff from others that you're not finding within yourself so it's it's true why and i've told myself this a lot of times why do i expect or want someone to love me if i'm not loving myself right mm. what i mean it's very tough to love oneself. It is not easy. It's a daily, it's a daily task. But I think without that, the rest kind of, I mean, it might look fine from the outside, but you're just missing something. I'm not, not you, we as... as uh, no, I can as really teams. resonate with that. That was, and that was a big part of my journey. But it was one of them as well. It's like, like you said, your friend told you that. I didn't know I didn't love myself. You know, it wasn't even a question. It wasn't something that ever floated in until at a certain point it did. <laughs> and I was and I was shocked. I was like, oh my God. I don't well, know I mean, I know, I know. And and <laughs> I can only imagine um, the turmoil you were going through, correct? But any kind of any kind of behavior that is not positive to and let's go let's focus on the on the most concrete things we have, like 
our body, right? Our body is something concrete. It is objective. Anything that doesn't help your body is not. So, okay, we, we go to that extreme example of, of being at the edge of a, of a bridge, thinking about jumping, of course, that's a big red flag, right? Or any self-harm mm. in any shape or form. It could be overeating. It could be anything, right? Any coping mechanism. It's, it is not that close to you loving yourself, right? Whatever is not nourishing us is not helping, basically. I mean, that's a blunt statement we can we can yeah. read together, right? And and uh, being honest about my content, I think you 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 have higher a higher image of myself because the making laugh people laugh is. It's an offshoot of the main goal, which is being honest with myself. Being honest with myself with myself in this case means I have an idea, I make it happen. In this case, is I put on the beard and the hat and I shoot the video, right? Which are improvised fully, by the way. That's the main goal. If someone laughs because of that or finds it funny, great. But I cannot rely on that because I'm—I mean, no one knows me, right? I'm not—I'm—I'm I'm not the epitome of popular. So I have to focus on that air quotes selfish goal, which is okay. Keep that pact going, and just be honest with yourself. Yeah, nice. Play say is um. There's a, there's a. I noticed for doing the YouTube and the podcast and just for other things, but like you get it when you have a conversation with a person, sometimes we have so much internal, uh, let's call it conversation, talk, voices, yeah. whatever, there's so much going on. And there's a totally different element of life that comes in when you actually vocalize it and you put that sound out. Um, so even sometimes just getting it out changes things drastically, no matter what you get out, because it's already within you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That process uh, can be in a secondary way therapeutic as well, and I think that's uh, this, like many, right? But I think that's the value of like psychotherapy. It's you retelling the story, you listening to your own story again, and trying to find details and stuff. I think that process in itself can be healing. Yeah, but. I talk from my experience as a patient for nine years, right? And but yeah, yeah, the, like you say, putting it out there is much better than just leaving it dancing around your mind. Yeah, the, you know, no, definitely. And like when you're talking about the self-love, like I said, that was a big part of my journey. And what gave me stability in so I started like self-love practices and stuff to build myself up and it wasn't until I built into the unconditional self-love that I got stability before that it was a daily hard task uh that I kept going up and down and up and down and up and down and um but I share that I recommend you check my YouTube channel out and just type in like Luke Greenart self-love or unconditional self-love and yeah if that's still part of your journey maybe there'll be some bits in there that you'd find uh really informative for your process yeah, yeah, uh, and I'm me also now, bound... like it's not a daily struggle at all. It's like, it's, and it's shocking to say because it was really hard. Well, but it's a different life. I mean, you were reborn, yeah. and you sound like that has happened, and you emanate vibes that resonate with what you're saying. Because some people might just be paying lip service to something they want to achieve, right? But you. As far as I can feel, you embody what you're saying. Right? There's, you can tell that okay, this guy or this chap has reached this good plateau of stability. Right? I mean, you're not just words. Mm. And of course, I'm going to check your YouTube channel. I'm bound to do that after complaining how people don't. Check <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you're we obligated do. I mean, now I'm, to comment to like. <laughs> I dug my my own my own YouTube grave. Pit. Yeah, the grave. <laughs> uh, no, no, it's been really nice chatting to you. We're getting to the end of the show. And no, I'm really glad. And I'm looking forward. I'm going to do the same, by the way. I'm going to go check your channel out. And you're at least going to get a comment and a, and a thumbs up. 
you know, as they come up. If you ever do something more controversial, because I know YouTube can be a little bit hard depending on what you say and what you're going to say. Um, I don't know if you've heard of it, but there's one called library, lrby.com. Or it's an app and it's uh, odyssey.com online. But that's like a, a good platform if you want to just freely express yourself and have oh. ultimate freedom. Uh, you, I'll ask for the link when I send you my links and you send me yours you can send me this because it would be an honor to be censored right but because I don't get a lot of views I think I'm flying under the radar but if, yeah, they if you started to suddenly up, if I do I'm surely gonna be just send the fuck away because <laughs> there's some stuff I say that uh, the 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 politically correct gods would certainly not agree yeah so But yeah, send all the links you think are are great, and you'll get comments from me, this chap, and 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 the apprentices as well. <laughs> yeah, some, I wonder if I get some inappropriate comments. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, no he, not, he's like civil, civil uh, humor. He's, he knows when, how, and with whom. I mean, okay. uh, he's educated. <laughs> don't worry. Okay, don't worry. <laughs> So, yeah, I just got a few fun short questions. These are pretty much one answer questions, so you can uh, elaborate if you want, but yeah, they're one answer. So the first question yeah. is if you had to choose one, cat or a dog? <laughs> It's tricky, man. It's tricky. Uh, okay, there's a caveat. I'm sorry, I'm not I'm I'm going to try to be quick, but if I had a huge property. Certainly dogs, because I don't like cleaning up after dogs. I mean, I hardly do it after myself. A dog is like, I would rather have a baby than a dog, right? <laughs> But uh, because that's not the case, I would go with be the cat that I have, actually, which has a dog-type personality. It's a Maine Coon, Maine Coon cats. They are like dogs in, in the body of a cat. So that's my answer. Okay, so you'd have a dog in the body of a cat. It's the first time anyone said that. <laughs> nice. What's, what's your favorite color? Green. And it's not because of you, Luke, <laughs> but green, green. Yeah. It is. Nice. And what would you say in the simplest form? What like excites you, motivates you, and inspires you? <laughs> well, what comes to mind first? What made you laugh? Creativity creating things right. and what does the opposite what shuts you down lack of humor and and just mind flexibility nice what sound or noise do you love what sound of what the sound of the coffee grinder okay. that's preparing my coffee yeah that's, <laughs> nice. that's beautiful and cricket sorry cricket. i miss crickets oh, crickets are, are well, you don't really get you don't get it in england don't know No man, and I love crickets. I yeah, love that's crickets. we we get crickets here. The season hasn't quite started yet for them to be noisy, but yeah, we get a lot of them wow. here. Yeah, beautiful. And uh, what sound or noise do you not love so much? Um, what sound of noise I don't like so much? When when the postman arrives and he's very any delivery guy and he's so so fucking in a rush that knocks rings the bell and then does that tap on the letterbox thing. <laughs> the tap on the letterbox thing once makes me want to kill. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And what do you love about yourself? <laughs> I'm not going to go like the predictable road of I hate myself. Now, what I like my, about myself, probably no, my like sense of What I love probably the most is my sense of humor. Nice. And what, what do you love to see in other people? The willingness to grow. Nice. And the very last question, what do you love about animals? This can be pets or animals in nature, whatever you're, you think of first when you think of animals. Well, I love this about my cats. When they don't want to be pet, they just walk the fuck away. No, don't bother. And I try to chase them and I cannot catch them. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. I see the there's an authenticity in there. They're, they're just going to be honest to you. 
Yeah, it's like the the fuck it the fuck it mode, right? No, not now. Sorry. <laughs> nice man. Well, I really appreciate you coming on and hearing more about you. And I'm going to be sure, like, email me all your links, and I'll make sure they're all in the description so people can come and find you and check out a little bit more about what you're up to. And yeah, hit that like button and comment on your videos. Show some support and some love. Thank you, man. Thank you for inviting me. It's a beautiful conversation. And just sharing this space with you. Yeah, just one thing about this time, it's uh, it's easy to connect and share if you've got the internet and a phone, basically, which most people have. And, <laughs> and the willingness, the willingness to do it, because you yeah. have to open yourself up. Yeah, go open and flow. Exactly. I mean, it's been beautiful to chat to you. Thank you, Luke. Take, Take care you. and keep keep on growing, please. Uh, you too, man. Thank you, man. Thank you so much for being here and listening to The Selfish Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Greenheart, and I appreciate you being here. Don't forget to check out my YouTube channel. Just search Luke Greenheart on YouTube. You'll find me. Check out my website, lukegreenheart.com. Have an amazing day and stay tuned for more episodes. I'll be interviewing guests on their path of self-development, their path to self, getting to know them in much more intimacy, much more depth, sharing and connecting with all so we can have a much more blissful, joyful and productive life together. All right, much love. Have a great day.